Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. Today on the show, I'm happy to welcome Krista. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And this is fun because I know Krista from past lives, (laughs) right? We have a long history of friendship and working together. Working so, together, yeah. So yeah. it's uh, it was fun to recognize that it's my friend Krista on the show. So yay! So what is your question for me today, Krista? My question is about how to move through resentment and anger at the not. I mean, at the tail end of infertility, that mm. has been the, I guess underlying overlying issue that I have faced for the last five years that I've been married and it has Mm. truly affected so much of my mental health um, and my relationships um, both with my husband my other family members with God and and I I I want to move to that other side I think that infertility will always be a thing that sits on my shoulder, the Mm -hmm. the pain and grief of that. But I want to move through this place that is very uncomfortable where the resentment and anger at a lot of different people and a lot of different things exist. Because I wasn't an angry, resentful person before. And I miss my old self. I, I know that I'll be different. I'll know that I have changed. But hopefully this makes sense. I want to move to the other side. And I don't know how to move through or navigate the resentment and anger. Okay. Yeah. First, I want to say, I'm so, I'm so sorry that you're dealing with this loss because it's, it's huge. It is. It's very huge. Yeah. So I want to validate that and validate the resentment and validate the grief and just acknowledge that it can be a really long process. Yeah. It, it's turning out to be that way. I, like I said, I think that, I think that, I think the sadness, this little black cloud, I just think it will always be there. Mm-hmm. I think it will always be there because it's not just the loss of having a child today. It's the loss of having a child graduate from high school. It's the loss of having a child get married. It's the loss of being a grandparent. I'll never yeah. experience those things. So it's a lifelong grief. And, and I realize that, but I also just don't want to feel mad anymore. Yeah. Tell me more about the mad. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't anger at first in the beginning. I, you know, you dive in and you're like, we're going to, we're going to figure this out. We're going to have a baby. And so you put all your positive energy, even though it's hard. And even though it's sad, there was still this underlying hope Mm. in those beginning years. Now that we've gotten to the point where we've the fertility treatments haven't worked. We've had three failed adoptions. We've spent tens of thousands of dollars and it literally is just not working for us. It just feels like the universe is saying no, no children. And so we've gotten to this place where, where we're realizing, okay, what does the next phase of life look like without this thing that we had anticipated my, our whole lives. Right. Now the anger and resentment has set in and my anger is 
focused at so many people. Mm. I, I, I'm embarrassed, not embarrassed. I, I guess I just, you know, vocalizing who you're angry about on a international <laughs> podcast <laughs> is a little, is a little, a little vulnerable. Know, it's, you know, we're about to get real honest here, Julie. Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, I'm angry at, I'm angry at my husband. I mm. think it's not his fault that he was, I mean, he was married before me and um, had a son with his first wife. Mm. And so I'm angry that he doesn't understand this. I know there's pain for him, but it's not the same a because he's a man and B because he has a child already. So I'm angry at him that he got that already. And I'm angry at him. I'm angry at my husband's ex-wife that she had a baby with him. And I'm angry sometimes even, I I shouldn't admit this, but sometimes I feel little tinges of anger at my stepson, which he didn't do anything wrong. And I love him with all my heart. We have a wonderful relationship, but sometimes I'm like, I will never have you, you know? (laughs) And then there's, I, I think probably the biggest anger is at God. You know, I grew up in a religious home and I was faithful and stalwart and I did everything quote unquote, right. You know? Yeah. And I feel like God has completely let me down. I, I believed I had the faith, right? You believe the miracles come. And especially like, I know we don't get everything we want in life. Hard things happen. Difficult things happen. I'm not expecting God to just give me a perfect, beautiful, wonderful life just because I believe. But I felt like in this instance, like we worked so hard. We believed, we fasted, everybody was praying for us. We we did everything spiritually right. Like, why couldn't you come through on this? And then when it didn't happen, it was like God disappeared. Like there was, I have felt nothing faith-filled or spiritual since our first failed adoption. It was like this huge, heavy trauma, mm. truly devastating. And it's just like. God went silent. And so I'm, I believed all these years. I believed in miracles. I believed that he would come through for us. And then I also believed that he would comfort us. And there has been zero comfort. Mm-hmm. And I'm angry at the religious upbringing that I had that taught me and that I internalized so deeply that I, my role in life is to be a wife and a mother, a wife and a mother, a wife and a mother. That was just drilled into me. and. You know, I've come through a lot of that, but it's hard to root out that, Mm -hmm. you know, that my worth is so tied to being a mother and trying to extricate that from my psyche is so hard. And it makes me so angry that I was taught that because I don't believe that's true. My role is not to be a wife and a mother, Um, but I'm angry that it was, it was so ingrained. So that was a long answer to your yeah. very simple question. There's just so much, so much anger, so much resentment at a lot of different places. Yeah. Yeah. So much. And I just want to give you a big hug and cry with you. Thank you. <laughs> because I know underneath that anger is a lot of deep sadness. It is. Anger is right? easier to feel, right? Right. Anger but is just easier. I can feel, I can feel the sadness underneath the anger. It's still there. Yeah. Sure. And it's big. 
Yeah, it's huge. Probably feels bigger than you, bigger than God, bigger than anything. Like I said, it just exists all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It never goes away. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just want to cry with you. Like, (laughs) I feel like that's, and just validate and say, yeah, like that totally sucks. Yeah. You did X, Y, and Z and you didn't get (laughs) the promise. Right. And I know that sounds so, like, I know that's not true. I know that's not how life works. I know that's how, that's kind of how we're taught. Like you, you are obedient and you get the blessing and the blessing is this, that you get to fulfill your biggest, highest calling as a mother, right? Like I know it, but that's kind of what your heart believed, (laughs) even though you're like, well, that sounds dumb, but I mean, that's, that's huge. This is like, this is hard stuff and you will not be the same person because of going through this. No. Yeah. I'm I'm a completely different person. Yeah. I I see things. I see faith. I see religion. I see others so differently. It has completely changed who I am. Yeah. I want to kind of hold out the hope that this will make you a more compassionate, deeper, more forgiving, less judgmental. Like this process, if you keep going through it and you don't stay stuck in the anger forever, I mean, you get to be there as long as you want, (laughs) you get to. Um, But instead of hoping for a baby, I want you to hope for a transformation of you, like you becoming new, right? You becoming healed. Go ahead. I do know that's, I do know that's true. And I do appreciate the opportunity this has given me to, to reevaluate. I feel like my faith has certainly evolved over the last 10 years, but I I appreciate the opportunity this has given me to completely rebuild it because it was burned to the ground. And so that is, that's wonderful. I appreciate that. And I know the same is true for me that I will be, I already am a completely different person. So I know there's light on the other side. It's yeah. just this. It's dark right now. Stuck. Yeah. And it's lasted for years. Like I said, yeah. we've been at this for five years. It's been two years, two and a half years since the first failed adoption. So how long has it I been since like the last one? It was the middle of 2019. So a year and a half, I guess. Okay. So you've been at infertility treatment and adoption for a long time. It feels like there's a finality now where there was hope before. And I think that's a different level of grief. It's like this knowledge, like this is not happening for me and there's no hope left. Yep. That's exactly where we're at. And that's, that's a new phase of grief. And so I want you to be so compassionate with yourself that even though the process has been long, this new realization and acceptance that this is a baby's not going to happen. That's still new. That's less yeah, than two years. Just hearing you say that again, it hits. Ooh. What, what's coming up? Just like you said, the finality of it, you yeah. know, when you, 
Sorry, I'm crying so. No, much. I'm. I, don't you? I, my, <laughs> I'm sitting here bawling. Oh my goodness! Just when you said that, a baby is not going to happen. I mean, that's that's what it is. And that's and there new... is like that a finality to yeah. it. Yeah. So I think instead of thinking you've been grieving, although like I I totally hear you that you have. I think that this is a different grief because of the finality. Mm-hmm. There's the hope, the light, the hope is not there anymore. And there's a despair that goes along with that, that yeah. is just excruciating and takes time. And you haven't been, even though you've been suffering in your own way, it hasn't been that long that you've really accepted the finality of it. Yeah. 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 That's all true. So how do I stop being angry at people whose fault this is not? (laughs) I would love to not be angry with my husband. I would love to not. I'm it's funny. I'm fine being angry with God. (laughs) (laughs) Not the people you live with, (laughs) you know, but I just, I want to stop. I want to stop being or feeling resentment and anger towards him. Um, I, w- I want to f- stop feeling anger and resentment towards his ex-wife. I want to stop feeling anger and resentment at my sisters for having babies and my mom for being a grandmother. Like yeah. <laughs> they're such yeah. irrational feelings. I, I can they're, see them being irrational. They're not. The, yet I know Krista, they're valid. I know they're valid. They're valid. And what I want you to do is acknowledge them. I'm feeling resentment toward my mom right now because she gets to be a grandma and I don't. And I'm really sad about that. And just like name it, give it space because you resisting it and wishing it wasn't there is not going to help you move through it. Yeah. I just also, I I feel like my anger, I, 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 I guess my other question is if I'm allowed multiple questions, you're allowed as many as you want. is that I feel like my anger is sometimes hurting those people. Okay. And I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to hurt them with my hurt, you know? Right. Tell me like, in what ways is it hurting them? Um, Like with my husband, I'm, I'm short with him Mm. and I, I'm impatient with him. I just feel like my anger has kind of overtaken my responses to him yeah, and that resentment and anger just bubbles below the surface. I have to give space for it, but how do I not let it, how do I, how do I not hurt people because of it? Right. Right. By bringing it out and giving it a voice. I bet your husband would much rather have you say, I am feeling resentment right now that you got to be a dad and I won't get to be a biological mom and I need a hug and I need to cry because it really sucks like giving it a voice and instead of thinking I shouldn't feel this way like it's totally normal for you to resent him and to resent your mom and to resent his like that's normal that's part of the grieving and at some point you'll be ready to let that go but it's not now does it does it just go away is that what happens it depends. A lot of times it, I'm trying to think of how visually, like, like it's, it's right now in front of your nose, right? This, this yeah. resentment, this, um, 
recognition, this anger, like this is not going to happen for me. And over time, it doesn't go away, but it kind of moves. Like think about moving to your peripheral vision Uh where it's not like right in your face. It doesn't go away. It's never going to go away, but it's not like the, the focus of all of your energy thoughts. And yeah, does that make sense? It totally makes sense. It totally moves out of the center, I guess is what I'm saying. And that's, it will happen if you give your grief a voice. And if you allow yourself to feel it, even those unspeakable feelings, like how could I resent a kid? You know, how, like to just say, I resent, I resent this, to say it, I'm angry about this. Are you working with a therapist? I was. And when we just moved. Okay. So I would. I would totally make sure you have a place where you can be unfiltered Mm -hmm. because I know that like sometimes husbands and friends, it's like, you don't want to unload on them. Sometimes, sometimes they can handle it, but sometimes they can't. And so I'm glad that, you know, you, you've been working with someone and I would continue to do that. So you can have to, you can give all of that a voice Um, journal in the past. I've had a, I bought a black journal mm-hmm. and it's where like I screamed all of the, like, <laughs> the things that I couldn't say, like I gave it a voice times when I've been really depressed or really down or really self-loathing or really angry. And that was therapeutic. So I might suggest that where you just get it and you can destroy it. You can rip every page out and burn it. Yeah. You know, it's not to keep, it's not to pass down to your posterity. Mine has a <laughs> lot of swear words in it. You know? Great grandma had a mouth and I don't swear, right? Like in normal life. But consider getting a dark, a dark journal and just, just and all dark thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And just like get, give it a voice because it's all valid. It's all part of the process of healing. And I want you to have self-compassion, like instead of going, how I'm, I'm a horrible person. How can I be feeling this way to be like, of course, Krista, of course, you're feeling this way. Of course, of it just course you're resentful. Like, I've said this so many times, but it just feels like the statute of limitations has run out on this grief. It just feels like, come on. It's been five years. You've been at this. It's been two years about since you closed the book. Like why is this lingering? Why is this, like you said, still in the center of my nose? Okay. If you had lost a close family member, would you expect yourself to be over it in two years? I I mean, I guess no, but I don't, I've never lost a close family member. So I just don't know. It's, I don't know. It's funny. Like I tell other grieving people, I'm like, feel it. You've got to experience it. That's the way to get through this. And yet for myself, I'm like, okay, th- like it is time to be happy again. You've got to get over this. And so I guess my view of how I should be reacting is different than how I view everybody else's grief. Okay. Why? Why are you different? That is such a good question. Why am I different? Why should it be different for me? I probably, I mean, because I'm the one who carries everybody else's grief. Okay. Say that again. I'm the one that everyone, I carry other people's grief. I'm the one that can be leaned on. So you're not used to this, 
to being in this place. You used to be in the cheerleader. I'm not, I'm not an angry person. I'm not a sad person. I'm not a resentful person. That's, these are such foreign feelings for my personality to deal with. Yeah. And so much of my own personal character and personality is, is being the support for other people. And so I just think, okay, enough, you know, you should, you should be done. And people have got to be tired about hearing, tired of hearing about this. Mm. You know, I've shared on social media. I've talked about it with other people. It's the forefront of, of nearly every, you know, meaningful interaction. And I just Mm -hmm. think they've got to be tired of it. People have got to be tired of hearing about this. And I'm tired of feeling this way because I don't like these feelings. Right. Right. You're not used to being in this position. You're not used to being the the one grieving. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So this is new, not just the grief, but just the process of being the one who needs support, the one who needs someone to talk to, the one who needs a shoulder to cry on. Yep. So this is out of your comfort zone in so many areas. So many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever checked out with people whether they're tired of it or not? Because you're kind of just assuming that's true. That's true. I I think I did say it on a social media post when I said the statute of limitations on this grief has definitely run out. And of course, the response was, you know, there's no statute of limitations on grief. There's no, you know, you feel what you feel. Of course, there was so much support, right, from my circle of people. Yeah. Um, I guess I just... I think they're being nice. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but maybe they are sincere. True. Maybe they are being sincere. Maybe they are. Krista, people who have gone through loss understand that there's no time limit on it, that it takes the time it takes. Right? I, do, I Yeah, I know that's true. And I apply it to everyone else. <laughs> You're not that special. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Say it again. Say it again for not that special. <laughs> but it only applies to everybody else and not to you. I know that's I do. I know it's true, Julie. Yeah. I know what you're I saying know. is true. I and know. it's and I, Krista, it's so painful. Like it's so painful. Yeah. When you're in the middle of the grief and the anger and the loss. And maybe that's part of it too. Maybe that's why I feel like. I should be over it is because it's not necessarily that it should be over, but that I'm just done feeling this way. I'm so tired of feeling heavy, heavy, dark, sad emotions. I just want them to go away. I want this to, you know, from the center, I want it to go to the periphery Mm -hmm. and I want an easy checklist that I, you know, I've done this, 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 and it moves and yes, it will always be there, but we're moving to the next phase. I want the dark part to be over. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got no easy one, two, three for you. From from my experience, from my own life, like I'm I'm connecting with my own grief right now. Mm-hmm. Like it can take a long time. Yeah. And it's tiring cool. and it's exhausting and you get sick of it and you get sick of yourself and you get sick of your thoughts, you know? Yeah. Yep. All but like that. you just keep moving forward 
And over time, it like slowly moves from the center of your eyesight over to the side, you know, over to the side where it doesn't go away, but it's, it's still there, but it's not the focus of everything. But again, it's only been two years since you accepted a child is not going to happen. Yeah. That's not a long time for a loss that is so big, given your gender, your church that you grew up in, and your expectations of your life. Yeah. It's not that long. So give yourself compassion. Like, of course, I'm feeling this way. And, you know, you, you will move through it. Give it a voice. Write it down. Talk about it as much as you need to. Trust that people will tell you, you know, can't talk about it today, but come back tomorrow and I'll be here. Because, <laughs> you know, people might get tired of it, but it takes the time that it takes. Yeah. And if you try to shortcut it, you're actually prolonging it. Yeah, I know that's true. I know that's true. What can we do? Can we circle back to when you talked about naming it, voicing it with my husband when I'm feeling angry and resentful with him? Yeah. What do I do about the, the subsequent anger and resentment that comes from him not understanding? You know, I can, vo- I, and I have, I've said, I'm, I'm angry with you, you know, that you have had this experience with someone else and that hurts. And, and, and so I have, I've said that to him and his, his response is always compassionate. Yeah. Um, he's a loving man. He's a wonderful man, but then it's always coupled with this answer of, you know, I, I know I'll never understand what you're going through as, you know, as a woman, I understand that it's different for me. I don't understand, but he's filled with compassion. And even that makes me angry. Mm. I'm, I'm, I voice the anger that he had this experience with someone else. I receive compassion in return. <laughs> And then I'm you're angry like, again. You're like, shut up, I hate you. <laughs> that he doesn't understand and I can't expect him to. I totally get that it's different. I just, Julie, I just don't know what to do with this anger. Yeah. I'm so angry. And the <laughs> anger that, you know, it, it just builds on itself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Do you have the expectation that he should understand? No. No, I don't have that expectation, but are you sure? I <laughs> I maybe I do have the expectation even though I have the knowledge that he never will. Like those two things are coexisting at the same time. I want him to hurt as much as me. Okay. Wa- Say that again. I want yeah. I want him to hurt, which is horrible. I want him to hurt like I hurt. You want him to feel it. You want him to yes. feel it. Yeah. To oh be with gosh. you in it. Yeah. Like an ugly cry. This isn't just like tears. This is like <laughs> deep from my gut. But I also totally at the same time, completely rationally understand that that's not possible. Right. But grief is not rational. <laughs> no, it's not. Still want, I want him to feel it. I want him to hurt like this hurts for me. So you'll have company. So you'll, like, I want him to hurt because. Because it just feels unfair that I have to carry 
the weight of this so entirely. Yeah. It is unfair. It's totally unfair. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that sounds like a five-year-old, like, <laughs> I shouldn't have to do this alone. But yeah. that's how it is. I. It's unfair to me that the weight of this grief sits squarely on me, squarely yeah. and solely on me. Yeah. I want to challenge that. It sits squarely, but not solely. Okay. Tell me more about that. I'm imagining how you talk about him and what I know of him, that he's experiencing grief too. It's not the same. Okay. And it may not be to the same degree. Okay. But that it's not solely just you. I'm grieving with you and I don't live with you and I'm not married to you. And I'm <laughs> sitting here like sobbing. Yeah. He's grieving. Your family is grieving with you. Your friends are grieving with you. It feels lonely because when we're suffering, we think we're alone. It feels isolating, but you are not suffering alone. I can guarantee that because I know your family loves you. I know your husband loves you. Your friends love you. So it feels lonely, but you are not alone. Yeah. Another one of those. I hear you. I believe you. I know what you're <laughs> saying is true. Yeah. <laughs> But and it doesn't always feel it. Very real. <laughs> For sure. Definitely. But that might be a mantra that you could kind of hold on to. Like, I am not suffering alone. And I don't know where you are with your faith, but there's some some other, you know, spiritual kind of mantras. Like, I'm really, you know, <laughs> really not suffering this alone. Yeah. You still have your, if you still have your faith. I don't. <laughs> okay. And and that's fine. It, right? it broke. It broke. That's split straight in two. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> okay, totally. And and I I wasn't sure, so I just like that's a possibility, but it's, it's not yeah. a possibility. Got it. I I'm with you. Yeah, but I know your husband is grieving too. Not the same. Not even. Mm-hmm. Not. <laughs> it's not fair. But you're not yeah. alone. You know, I worry that my that my anger from my grief has not given him the space. I think I sucked. Mm. I sucked it all out of the room. I took all the, all the, I don't know if that makes sense. The space, the space in our house for the grief. You own it. I took it all. Mm -hmm. I took it all. So it's, it's good to hear, not good to hear you say that, but I'm glad you said it because I, I need to give back some of the space because you're right. He is grieving in his way. And as much as I want him to hurt like me, he not, he's not going to. It's not going to yeah. be the same. But there's still a level of grief. And I need to give him the space to do that. And perhaps by doing so, sharing the space together can yes. perhaps bring healing for me. Yes. So one of your homework assignments is to ask him about his grief. And what it's like for him. Okay. And that opens up, that welcomes his grief into the, into the room, you know? Yeah. And instead of separating you, like you were saying, it, it could connect you. It, it might not, but it might. Yeah. Yeah. I, that makes a lot of sense and feels very true to me in my gut. Good. Good. Cause your gut is what we're 
we're trying to reach, right? <laughs> That's the hard part to reach. Like your mind knows all this stuff, but that, yeah, that feels important and true. So giving him a little bit of space yeah, to grieve with you instead of like, this is just all on me. Mm-hmm. Mine alone. It's not yours alone. Yeah. You have at least one person, if not multiple I'm guessing your family, you know, you're, there have been so many people who have been kind and compassionate. I've been quite open about Mm -hmm. our experiences on social media. And for sure, the compassion in return has been immeasurable. Just, it just doesn't, compassion just doesn't seem to help. I mean, it's nice to know that it's there. And of course, you know, the alternative would be awful, right? Like if right. no, if no <laughs> one responded, it's not that I want that. It just, I guess it's that compassion doesn't fix it. Compassion doesn't fix this. Yeah. And the only way through it is through. Yep. And the only way through it is connecting with people and continuing to allow yourself to connect with people. Even if it's just, you know, doesn't fix it. Yeah. Connecting with your husband's not going to fix your grief, but it sure is better to feel less alone when you're grieving. Yeah, definitely. So I want you to, to ask him about his grief. Let him share that space with you. I want you to think about getting a journal or a notebook that you can destroy. And just when you feel overwhelmed by the resentment, by the, you know, the, the thoughts that you think this is not me, just write it down, just get it all out. Okay. And it's, at least for me, it was really therapeutic and just know no one's ever going to see this. No one's ever going to, you can destroy them as you write it. doesn't matter, but just give those unspeakable feelings a voice as yeah. much as you can. That'll help you move through it. Okay. Okay. Yep. This has and been really helpful. I hope I, you know, there's, there's no like 20 minute solution to this. No. And I know that. I know that. But it's kind of like you said, giving it a voice, talking about it. Even just 20 minutes of talking about it has helped me come to some good realizations of things that I can do to to ease the burden and to perhaps work through to the other side of the anger piece. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do it. It's, It's hard work and it's not quick. And it takes what it takes, but you're, you're doing it. And I also want to remind you, it's still new, this new version of it. You've been grieving for a long time, but not this version of it. Yeah. It feels like a long time. Right. <laughs> Two years feels like a long time, but. It's not that long. You know. For a guess, lifelong dream. Yeah. When you put it into perspective like that, I spent 37 years being told this is what would happen. And this is where your worth lies. And all of those 37 years of internalization, two years doesn't fix that. You're absolutely right. Even and, if it, yeah. yeah, there's no, there's no way. So give yourself compassion and love and like just validation. Of course, you're feeling this way. You are grieving a lifelong dream. And there's a finality to this now that wasn't there five years ago. When you started grieving or, you know, seven years ago or whenever it was, this is different now and it's its own thing and it's going to take time and you're going to get through this because that I know who you are. Thank you. You're welcome. I I do believe that. Yeah. 
because I know you're not an angry, resentful person. <laughs> you're going through a lot of pain right now. Yeah. And I am excited to see who comes out the other side. Me too. Thank you. Krista, I can't thank you enough for sharing your heart. And thank you for letting me. And your story. And it was such a fun surprise that it was you, Krista. <laughs> Well, I'm glad it was a fun surprise. <laughs> it was so fun. I'm like, I just thought you were just, you know, some, some person other. who signed up to be on the podcast. Oh, so what oh, a pleasant okay. surprise. And I just, I'm sending love and big hugs. And thank you. And I'm, I just hope something has been helpful for you today because I, it I absolutely. care a lot about you. Thank you. I love you to pieces. And I'm grateful that I'm grateful that you would share your insight and wisdom and perspective in a way that helped me have quite a few aha good little moments to take away little nuggets that I can, that I can apply to help work through this. So I'm grateful. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much, Krista. Thanks, Julie. Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a podcast helping real women seek solutions to life's biggest challenges. If you'd like to learn more, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Julie Hanks and at drjuliehanks.com, where you'll find information about virtual groups, coaching, and online courses. For therapy services in Utah, visit wasatchfamilytherapy.com. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please consider reviewing and rating it on Apple Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. thought, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.